Welcome to TechCast with Jake. I am your host, Jake Nonamaker. This is the podcast for those who want to stay informed about technology trends, keep their computers safe and secure, and desire to be more effective using technology. I leave out all the technical mumbo-jumbo and make tech stuff easy to understand. Today I want to talk about some recent legislation that has been passed by the House and Senate and signed into law by the President, which allows internet and phone providers to collect and sell consumer data about their online uh, browsing habits. While this legislation mainly benefits large businesses such as Verizon, AT&T, Comcast, and uh, other large internet service providers, it does not benefit small businesses or individuals who might want to protect their internet privacy. So just to give you a little bit of background, as you know, when you browse the internet, or use a community forum, or maybe go to a uh, news website and view news that is free. All these services may be free, but they're being uh, the company that's providing those services needs to somehow make money from those uh, from providing that service. So a lot of companies, uh, such as news websites, may sell advertising, or maybe they'll try to upgrade you to a plan that allows you to view more articles or the archive and the same thing with any community forum in that they will uh, maybe sell advertising on their websites. So there's definitely a cost for providing uh, for uh, there's a cost one way or the other uh, for these websites to provide this kind of service because they have to pay website developers, they have to pay for bandwidth, they have to pay for hosting. So, uh, you know, it's not a truly free product. You know, as uh, one saying goes, if the product is free, then you, the consumer, is the product. So it's no secret that Google... Microsoft, Amazon, Yahoo are prolific in collecting data about you. This recent legislation that passed now allows internet service providers and mobile phone providers and telephone providers uh, to collect your personal data. What makes it different in their case is that they can now uh, collect your browsing data and tie it to your uh address, for instance. Uh, if you're using Frontier for your internet connection, they at their router, they can see all the websites you're going to, and they can collect that data, and they can tie it to your address. So it is not anonymous, as you may think that it is. So what they do with that data is that they collect it, and then they can sell that data to information brokers. Information brokers uh, is a huge business. You know, the, uh, they collect data from all sorts of sources, um, you know, not only internet service providers and phone carriers, but also other internet companies. But also they collect data you know, from uh, like your credit card usage, for instance. And what the information brokers do once they collect that data, they turn around, they could sell it to insurance companies, to universities, to uh, banks, you know, other financial institutions who are using that data about you to make decisions on whether to provide you a loan or to provide you with insurance or to maybe allow your child to uh, get a scholarship to their university. 
So the data brokers are uh, you know, sort of a very mysterious bunch. It's a very mysterious industry, and there's not a lot of lot known about them because they kind of keep their data what they do, what data they collect they te- keep that really close to themselves and of course they don't divulge it because that's their product that they're selling but you could go to a website called aboutthedata.com and this is a website that's uh, run by Experian and Experian is one of the information brokers and you may know, also know them as a credit card or a credit reporting agency. So if you go to About the Data, you can actually create an account, log in, and take a look at the kinds of data that they collect on you, and you know they develop a profile. So when I did this, I went to their website and logged in. Uh, you have to create an account and give them, you have to you know, basically identify yourself as you, <laughs> or I had to identify myself as myself. Um, and then when I once I uh, get access to it, I can look at the kinds of data they collect and they basically have you um, or they have me listed as my income range, like a range of income, uh, how many cars I own, uh, whether I own or own or rent a house and with the value of that house. And they also have information about my uh, interests. So uh, they may have things about like uh, personally, like I collect uh, vintage arcade games, uh, arcade machines. And so they actually have that listed that I collect, have an interest in techniques, but they may have other interests on other people about things like, um, you know, whether they're interested in food or whether they're interested in alcohol or firearms or maybe political, uh, if they're politically active. So this is kind of the information that they are actually letting us see. And it's sort of a, a I consider it a peak because I think the date, the amount of data that they actually collect tells of a, a more definite uh, viewpoint of what exactly the kind of person that I am and the kind of person that you are. So this is going on and I, I do re- recommend that you go take a look at this. It is a very eye-opening experience to see what kind of data data uh, brokers are collecting on people. Now, one of the things that a lot of people think, say is like, uh, oh, you know, they may think that, you know, perhaps it's not all that bad that this data is collected on them. Uh, because, you know, maybe uh, people say, when I'm on the internet, browsing the internet, I, I really don't have anything to hide. It's not about having something to hide. It's having, it's about having something to guard. You want to guard your privacy. You want to guard your data. You want to guard your identity. You don't want to be pouring that stuff out to the public because we are not very good. Um, we don't. We don't assess our the value of our data and the value or our security situation. We're not really good at at assessing it ourselves. Uh, you know, for instance, I had a uh, client of mine who is a lawyer. Uh, he didn't want to have a password on his email account. Uh, he had a Gmail account, and he wanted me to somehow take the password off, which is not allowed by Google. And I was trying to tell him that's important that he protect his email. And he said, "Well, there's nothing on there that there's nothing in my email that I wouldn't uh, that I wouldn't want anybody else you know, that I I wouldn't care if it was exposed to the world and other people saw it. I'm not hiding anything. Um, you know, he doesn't he feels that way, but 
you know, I know that for a fact that he deals with very wealthy clients. He's sending reports back and forth about their finances or their you know, personal situations, you know, family interactions. And I really don't think that his client would appreciate if that information was somehow exposed out onto the internet. So just keep that in mind that you really want to protect your data. You want to protect your privacy. You want to guard all that, you know, guard your identity. Uh, you know, once it gets out there, you, it's hard to put the smoke, you know, back into the bottle, you know, put the genie back in the bottle, as they say. So what can you do to protect yourself? What can you do to uh, guard your privacy and guard your data? So I have a few tips we'll go through. Uh, one is uh, consider using the Firefox browser. Now, Firefox, Mozilla Firefox is an open source browser, and they really take uh, your identity and your privacy seriously. Uh, they collect a minimal amount of information when you use their browser, and they, have to, they do a good job uh, anonymizing it. Uh, Google, on the other hand, or Microsoft, uh, when you use their browser, of course, they are using it to collect data on you, and they can uh, identify, you know, put that data on, you know, associate it with your account. So they're not so good at, you know, um, respecting your privacy. So Firefox browser is one way to go. Uh, I know a lot of people, they have to use Chrome, Google Chrome, or they have to use Microsoft Internet Explorer for certain applications. But for your main browsing, you may want to consider using Firefox and using uh, Google Chrome and Microsoft Internet Explorer as little as possible. There's also another uh, browser out there called the Tor Browser, now T-O-R. Now uh, Tor stands for the Onion Router, and it's actually a very interesting uh, secure browser that uh, the military uses it was actually developed by the U.S. Navy Research Lab to help protect U.S. intelligence communications online. But it is very popular with activists, with journalists, you know, people who are uh, maybe behind in, in in countries that are snooping on, you know, like China, North Korea, Iran, that snoop on uh, the browsing activity of their citizens. So the browser, uh, the Tor browser is free for download, and what it does is it cr uh, creates an encrypted connection uh, between four nodes, and it may dump, you know, the exit node may be in another country or somewhere geographically different than where you're located, and it's really good about masking who you are, and it's hard to see what is going on inside the browser as far as like, you know, people, t um, some nosy <laughs> entities uh, peeking to see what you're doing, what you're browsing. So the Tor browser is another option. One of the downsides of, of it is because it is going through all these different nodes and going you know, maybe into another continent is that it is very slow. So uh, you have, if you have something very secure, you may want to use the Tor browser. But for day-to-day -day browsing, you may want to look at the Firefox browser.
Uh, search engines is another thing to consider uh, when trying to protect your privacy. You, uh, when you're using uh, the Google, you know, Google's search engine or Bing or Yahoo, they are collecting data on you and you know, seeing what you're searching, what your interests are. They're collecting that data. Uh, the DuckDuckGo search engine is uh, a free search engine. It's uh, really good. It does, they don't collect any data on you. And it's, uh, it's, I think it's pretty effective. And there's also, what, what I actually, one of the things I really like about it is that there's a minimal amount of ads on it anymore. When you go to Yahoo, for instance, it's like the first page is just about all ads. But the DuckDuckGo search engine has maybe one ad every once in a while. Uh, but it's a very good search engine. I've been using it a lot. And there's actually some really cool features uh, that make it interesting to me, which, you know, I have uh, uh, an online blog about, you know, all the different hacks that, they, that you can use to, um, you know, assert when you're searching and some tools that it has. So once you have your uh, browser, you may want to consider uh, installing some add-ons. Now, add-ons are little enhancements, little applications that will enhance the browser and give you additional privacy. So uh, these add-ons can do things like block tracking cookies or ads and encrypt your uh, browsing uh, traffic. So one of the the must-have browser add-ons for me is called Privacy Badger. It's made by the Electronic Freedom Foundation, and it does a really good job in making sure that uh, when a website deposits a cookie onto my computer, that it doesn't follow me from website to website. Uh, so Privacy Badger is really good. It you know gives you uh, that kind of a list of uh, what it's blocking, and you can turn it on and off. You know some sites may it may you know when you're using these add-ons, it may break occasionally, a break a website, or there may be some functionality. But it's pretty uh, Privacy Badger makes it pretty easy to go in and turn certain features off. Another add-on that you'll want is called HTTPS Everywhere. Now, what HTTPS is? It's a secure browsing protocol, which means that when you go to a website, you basically have two choices as well. By default, you uh, it, it will default to HTTP uh, protocol, which is the hypertext transfer protocol. And it is, uh, that means that it's clear text. But when you add an S to the end, it means secure. So HTTPS is secure. And that uh, connection between your computer, your browser, and that uh, website that you're going to is encrypted. So all the data going back and forth is encrypted, and it prevents your internet service provider from snooping on where you're going to. and Or they can see where you're going to, but they can't see what you're looking at. So another uh, very uh, important browser add-on is called Adblock Plus. And what Adblock Plus does is it blocks ads, just as it says. And I find that very important because uh, you know they're presenting ads to you, trying to manipulate you to buy a product. Uh, when I go to a website, I want to—I'm usually there for a purpose, uh, maybe to participate in a forum, or maybe I'm trying to buy something. I don't need the distraction of having these ads popping up and and uh, trying to, you know, distract me from my my primary purpose on going to that website. Uh, but 
you know, a lot of websites, they make their money on posting ads. So you do get, uh, if you're using Adblock Plus, you may get a message that says from the website saying, hey, you know what, we're trying to make money from, uh, you know, by selling ads, could you please disable your ad blocker or subscribe to our website? I'm seeing that more and more, that option to actually, you know, give them a buck or two a month to subscribe to the website. Uh, or you have an option to turn off Adblock Plus for that individual website. So those are some really important add-ons you want to take a look at. Uh, another thing to consider in protecting your privacy is a VPN service. And this has been very, uh, very important or very popular in the news lately and a uh, little bit controversial in that all the VPN service companies out there tend to be very small ones. Uh, the one that I recommend that I use is called privateinternetaccess.com. Uh, now, what it does when when you subscribe to their service, uh, you can uh, then get you know install their program on your PC and also your mobile phones. So when that service is enabled and uh, it establishes a uh, virtual private network connection between your computer or your phone and their service. And it encrypts all the data, which means that your internet service provider or your telephone company cannot see what you're doing on your browser or on your phone. So that's uh, the, uh, the private internet access Service is fifty dollars. Actually, if you prepay for a month, uh, for a whole year, it's like forty dollars, or a little bit less than forty dollars, something like that. Uh, it's forty fifty. If you uh, just do month to month, it turns out to be fifty or sixty dollars uh, a year. Uh, but I just prepay for the whole uh, whole year for forty bucks, and I just consider it a secure service, just like having a must have secure service, just like uh, antivirus. Now, the other advantage of using the VPN service is that. Uh, when you're using a public Wi-Fi, like your computer with your computer or your tablet or your phone, and you're at some place like the airport or at a coffee shop that has Wi-Fi, uh, it's a good idea to use a VPN service to protect your connection uh, because a lot of uh, cyber crooks are out there. What they're doing is they're either planting a fake uh, wireless access point that's called Starbucks or you know, subway or, you know, airport free Wi-Fi or something like that. And they're trying to get you to connect to their route, um, their wireless access point and they'll provide you internet access, but they're snooping on your traffic. And what they could do is they could pick up your banking information. If you're not taking, uh, care on, you know, what you're doing, you know, they could look at your email. So, uh, if you if you have an unencrypted connection, they could definitely see that. So, if you use the any public Wi-Fi, it's really important to use a VPN service. In addition, you know it's just common sense to uh, to use that. Just another layer of protection for you. Uh, the other thing you may want to consider when you're using uh, uh, you know to to protect your privacy from your internet service provider is to use a end-to-end messenger service um, and an end-to-end encrypted messenger service. So when you're sending a text message, like an SMS text message on your phone, it's going out as clear text through your uh, phone service provider, like AT&T or Verizon or T-Mobile. And they could see that um, those messages and they can retain them. Uh, they did have very, there's no government regulation on how long they can retain it. 
but they do have to turn that over to any investigatory agency like uh, the FBI or the police or whoever that uh, wants to see, you know, uh, what's your text messaging about uh, if you're involved in some kind of incident uh, or, you know, if you're under investigation, they could uh, ask the telephone company to provide that information uh, on your SMS text messaging. So if you, uh, well, and also consider that the employees of the phone company could also see what you're messaging. Uh, you know, that's also a very legitimate concern. So they log your traffic, you know, they're keeping the messages for a certain period. Uh, if you don't like that and you're concerned about that, you can get an end-to-end messenger service such as WhatsApp or Signal. You know, they are uh, much better about providing um, privacy because they don't keep logs, they don't keep your messages, and your uh, messages are encrypted between you and the recipient. So uh, I uh, I generally use WhatsApp. It's very popular because, uh, you know, so a lot of people are using it. Uh, Signal is really good too. Uh, less people are using it. So if you're using Signal, you have to kind of convince your friends and family to start using Signal. It's free, uh, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a good service and has kind of a nice feature where if you send a message, you can actually set it to auto-destruct. So if you want uh, the message to, to auto-destruct after a period, let's say, five minutes, someone could read the message and in five minutes or one minute or 30 seconds or whatever you set it to, that message will auto-destruct, which is uh, which is a nice feature. Uh, WhatsApp also has uh, secure video conferencing. So you can do like a you know video um, chat, you know, much like uh, you know, uh, like the iPhone has FaceTime. It's very similar to that or Skype. You can do video and it's also handy when somebody is overseas, you can actually do a, either a chat or you can do a video or you can do a voice, uh, like a phone call, you know, to them, uh, over the WhatsApp network if they're overseas and there's no charge. So it's pretty handy. And WhatsApp also has a desktop messaging, uh, application. So, if somebody is texting you and you're at your computer, you don't have to fish your phone out of your pocket. You can actually communicate with them using the WhatsApp desktop app. So uh, you may want to consider uh, either of those. Uh, there's some others like Telegram. Uh, and there's um, also, well, Facebook Messengers also does uh, end-to-end encryption. But I found that not everybody uses Facebook. So um, it seems that WhatsApp is much more popular. WhatsApp is also owned by Facebook, but you don't have to be a Facebook a user in order to use WhatsApp, whereas Facebook Messenger, you do have to use Facebook and have a Facebook account <laughs> in order to use it. And I find that some people are just anti-Facebook; uh, they don't like the application, and so they avoid it. But uh, you know, in the end, um, what this government is signaling to us uh, as individuals is that we are on our own in, re- in regards to our own privacy and protecting our data and protecting our identity. They are really backing off, uh, forcing internet service providers uh, from respecting our privacy. They're allowing them to collect our data. Uh, there is this momentum towards companies, allowing companies to, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, they're loosening of regulations so that they are freer to, you know, to, 
um, collect our data, sell that data to internet uh, or information brokers. So it's really up to us as individuals to protect ourselves and look at these things such as, you know, uh, using Firefox browser, using the plugins like Privacy Badger and using end-to-end messenger services like WhatsApp, using a VPN service, you know, all these things, using the DuckDuckGo search engine to protect our own privacy because, you know, you cannot rely on the government to protect us. Uh, You know, maybe that's been always the case, but even uh, more so nowadays. So uh, that's it. I'd like to thank you for listening to the TechCast with Jake podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And be sure to rate and review the podcast so others can find us. If you have questions or comments, please email me at jake at axicom.net. Or you can also communicate with me on Twitter at Jake Nonamaker. So make today wonderful and have an awesome day. Oh,